0: The first thing they said was like, I'm a complete C6 quadriplegic. In the beginning, I couldn't move my arms at all. And they told me I would never breathe again. When someone tells me that I can't do something, I want to do everything in my power to prove them wrong.
1: Every single struggle that we've been through has been another opportunity to learn. We can't always help what happens to us, but we can definitely have control over how we choose to move forward from it. There's a moment where you have a choice of, okay, that sucks, but what is the lesson for me in this? Is there something better out there for me?
2: Welcome to the Seize the Yay podcast. Today we have our first duo interview with two incredible people, both in their own right and as a power couple. Few people have faced the adversity and challenge that these two have endured, again, both separately and together, and even fewer have come through it with such positive energy and resilience. I won't get too far into their bios, because the episode covers a lot of the story, and also because I could go on forever, but for some quick context, Cater's happy country New South Wales childhood was shaken, with several tragedies of suicide and accidental deaths among her friends, leading to a downward spiral of bad decisions and habits. Barney was a promising young surfer, also in country New South Wales, looking to go pro, when he was a passenger in a terrible car accident and was told he would never breathe independently or use his legs again. I'll let them inspire you with their grit, determination, and the beautiful love story that follows, ending in Barney, even standing to dance at their wedding. They also have a documentary and a book that I'll share links to in the show notes, and I cannot recommend more highly, but you'll definitely need a box of tissues. And I'm so excited to have them join us here from California, where Barney is working with world leaders on his rehab. Hello, how are you both? Good, good. we're doing so good. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you so much for joining and taking time out of your very busy days. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for having it. Yeah, <laughs>
0: actually, we, we can't say that you took us away from a busy day. It's actually a day off, so we're
2: I'm so glad to hear you take them. That's such a big part of seizing your yay. Sure is. (laughs) So I love to start with asking everyone what the most down-to-earth thing is about them, and because you guys have a movie and a book, you're pretty famous. So can you start off? You know, bring it down to. The day-to-day level, is there anything like you? do you bite your nails, do you snore? Uh, I
0: should just bit my nails, as you said, bite your nails. <laughs> 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 so I guess that's one.
1: How about we answer each other's? <laughs> oh,
0: that, that's I, a good one. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, what's amazing about Kata is she's just in, in – you could be the most evil person in the world or evil situation. She can see an amazing thing in it, which is – yeah, which is something I'm learning, but she's had it for so long.
1: Oh, thanks. That was nicer than I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Barney's um, most down-to-earth thing is, I think it's just his ability to smile at everything. Just, <laughs> just yeah, grin and bear it and, yeah.
0: I do bite my nails. Yeah, which you do is bite bit your nails. Which is a bit of a bad
2: thing, but but, uh. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, what I would love to start with is what I call your way to yay. So, the way that you got to the life now that you have that is full of seizing your yay. And I think separately and together, you both have these incredible pathways and amazing stories. And the coolest thing is how it led you to each other, which you guys tell the story in a documentary called You and Me and a book, The Essence of You and Me, which is a, a true love story, but also just such a story of grit and resilience. And usually I say the story and then I go to NETEA, which is like the challenges along the way. But I think for you guys, they're pretty wrapped up in each other. So for our listeners and for anyone who hasn't yet come across the story... Could you tell us a bit about yourselves before you met and how coming from country New South Wales and going through stories of adversity and self-worth and then some alcohol, but then coming back now to being these incredibly inspiring and strong and amazing human beings? Yes.
1: Okay. Um, Do you want to start first, Bonnie?
0: Oh, you can go first. Okay. What what a gentleman.
1: Um, okay so my story started in country New South Wales in a little town called Cowra about 10,000 people and growing up I was very bubbly imaginative the world was pretty much my stage and I definitely lived that way and then I hit about puberty, I guess just like everyone else started to question myself a little bit more and as I hit high school age, I had lost a few friends to suicide. And being a teenager, it's already hard enough trying to navigate those emotions. But then when you hit with something so traumatic that you don't really understand, it becomes harder to figure out what your emotions actually mean. And for me, I turned to a lot of the wrong vices and in a small town if you don't have well anywhere really but it's more highlighted I guess in a small town that if you don't have a positive outlet say being in a sports team or um, just anything that you're really passionate about it's really easy to get taken into the wrong things and being enticed by bad habits I guess and for me it was alcohol and for me that became a thing that when I drank it was I became this different personality again and I was able to block out all of those emotions that for everyone else it seemed like that was the way that everyone coped so I kind of went along the same pathway and instead of dealing with it I just kept putting layer upon layer upon layer and before I knew I was like totally just sunken in my own depths of despair I
2: guess (laughs) and um you were so young at the time like I, I think I read it the first suicide in your in your network was at 14
1: yeah he was a few years older than me but it's still like at age 14 to and back then as well like it's mental health is becoming so much more there's so much more awareness for it but back then it was Like, we didn't even really, we had no idea what that meant. We had no idea why someone, how someone could get to that place. And it still was never really talked about again after it happened. And everyone moved on with their lives. And I am someone who loves to talk about my feelings usually. (laughs) But because everyone else wasn't talking about it, I had nowhere really to turn to. So instead it would just get bottled up and bottled up and before you know it like if you keep bottling it up eventually something's going to explode and for me that was my own self-destruction it's crazy looking back at where I was and being in some of the hardest places in my life as you probably read I was also sexually assaulted and when I was writing the book um, to put myself back into that headspace was the first time I actually dealt with it. And yeah, wow. it's looking back now, I see so much strength in myself that I didn't even know that I had at the time to be able to get back up, get back up. And it's all these little, not little, all these massive things that happened at the time have led to these. New lessons that I've um, learned, and like Bunny said, somehow amongst it all, I've learnt to see the silver lining in every single moment that's happened. And it's crazy to think when I look back at it all and see where I was to where I am now. It's yeah, I'm just I can't help but be grateful.
2: And you should be so proud because it's before before I'd read the story before you and Barney. I love the story of how you guys met, but reading all the backstory from before that and just obstacle after obstacle and enormous life changes that most people never have to deal with once in their life, let alone sort of before they've turned 15 or 18, this extraordinary resilience and still being able to find joy and hope and positivity is just so inspiring.
1: It definitely took a long time to get to this place and it was It's just, it's been a journey. That's pretty much (laughs) the only way I can describe it. It's been, it's this life has been one thing after the next and every single struggle that we've been through has been another opportunity to learn and another opportunity to really, we can't always help what happens to us, but we can definitely have control over how we choose to move forward from it. And I didn't learn that until I met Barney. Um, yeah, so we can go
2: into his story now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My favourite, favourite part, reading through the whole journey, has been seeing how both of you have come from backgrounds of so much adversity but found, you know, your perfect match and partner in the journey in each other. It's so lovely to read the first half of the book, if, if you haven't read it yet, to our listeners. The first half of the book is written separately from before they met each other. And then everything from then on is a journey together. And you can see just the shift in mindset and and positivity and everything that has happened since then. You've grown together as this really powerful unit. And it's just the most beautiful love story. You're like Romeo and Juliet, but times one million. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Barney, your name is actually David. It
0: sure is, yeah.
2: <laughs> and Kater, actually, you also don't go by Catherine was your name at birth.
1: Yes. Yeah. Who's our new identities?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well mine first started like when I was pretty young, it might have been just the start of high school. I I just gone I got to a new school and and I would just hear yeah, my name Well, as I was introducing myself, they, I was saying, yeah, David Miller, and someone just mentioned Barney Miller, like from the old seventies cop show, like it was from years and years ago, and uh, just meant they called me Barney, and it just stuck, like you would not believe. (laughs) Good old
1: Aussies. Yeah. So so I went. I
0: went through high school with not even teachers not even knowing my name, other students not even knowing my name, like. Like they'd call out David Miller at roll call and, and I'd put my hand up and they'd be like, I didn't even know your name was David and then <laughs> we've gone through our whole life and people still don't know my real name which is uh which is kinda of funny as well.
1: Even at our wedding actually when oh, yeah, the wedding. when they said our real names, everyone was like, Hang on, what? <laughs>
2: David, yeah. <laughs> who? Catherine? Yeah, David
0: Melody, like Catherine <laughs> Southwell. I
2: was like, what? Who? <laughs> I love that it's not even a shortening of anything. <laughs> no, no, it's just, it's just like not related. <laughs> so, Barney, tell us about your story as a child. You know, you were a very early little grommet love surfing and footy and tell us about young Barney or young David. <laughs> uh,
0: so yeah, definitely. Um as, as we when we were younger, I um I just yeah, loved everything. And uh and, and the one thing that was really important was uh like we we lived out west a lot of my early age, but for the whole Christmas holidays, we had a holiday unit uh at South West Rocks, which is a small beach town on the mid north coast. So from from age birth Uh, every summer holidays we went there so I just had a love for the ocean at a young age so that's what I'd be looking forward to the whole rest of the year and and then once we sort of started moving around a bit with my dad's job and but then we sort of mum and dad like divorced and then mum actually packed up the kids and then uh we went and moved to south of so from like probably 9 years old i yeah the love for the ocean it was right there and when we moved up to Sawtell we which was early high school that's when i sort of started competing at a young age and just loving the competing and like i was just doing everything and uh but yeah surfing was definitely my thing that i just wanted to compete in and and try and uh, make a career out of by the time i sort of left school and yeah, I sort of had a bit of a handbrake happen when I was involved in a car accident on the way up to work. I was actually a whitewater rafting river guide and and it was raining so everyone was pretty excited and uh, but I had to drive up with another workmate and uh, he was just being stupid in the wet and tried to overtake a couple of cars on a narrow sort of um, mountain road and, and lost control going around the corner and Uh, He got ejected, and then I just ended up getting crushed as the uh, car, yeah, slammed up against a tree, and uh, it actually forced my head into my lap, which actually um, broke my neck in uh, in the C six position. I had to be cut out. I was rushed to a uh, hospital not far from there called Grafton, and then shipped straight to Sydney, and uh, yeah, which was where everything just started. And uh, and changed in in my life, and since then I um yeah I was just in that trail like the early days like not knowing what was happening, being told this is what this is what you can and can't do, and this is what you'll never be able to do, and that was one of the biggest kick in the face you could probably get, but it also lit a bit of a fire in me when 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 someone tells me that I can't do something, it's or it it. I want to do everything in my power to prove them wrong. So, I, <laughs> so, so I um life, life sort of went on and, and we were I was I was trying to do as much stuff to, to get better and
2: quickly for um for the listeners who haven't heard the story before, what was yeah. the actual diagnosis in the beginning? What was the yeah, yeah. the official situation? Because I think in the book you said when you arrived you were pronounced dead. So it started from absolute rock bottom and then yeah.
0: <laughs> so yeah so as as they cut my well they cut my breathing just to get me in the uh, the helicopter uh, the Westpac helicopter but by the time they got me to Sydney yeah I was just I, they took the breathing apparatus off and I just wasn't even breathing so yeah I had to go into critical care for, for a couple of days and until they, they put tubes just down my throat to help me breathe and then over that time I was actually biting the tube so I was setting off all the alarms and so they end up having to put a tracheotomy in my neck and um yeah the the first diagnosis which I can remember when they told me because I was sort of I was under some pretty crazy drug-induced dreams for probably the first week which which was reality mixed with some pretty crazy fantasy as well and um mm and and, and they, the first thing they said was like i must see a complete c6 quadriplegic and then I, I hadn't like i didn't even understand that myself like i didn't know what complete was and so yeah. complete means that your spinal cord is damaged beyond anything ever happening like from there down so i was par- well I was par- paralyzed from my in the beginning i couldn't move my arms what at all and um and i and I slowly, and they told me I would never breathe again. And yeah, they sort of, to, to be thrown sort of that, like the first thing I said when, before I knew anything about what, what had actually happened, I said, well, I'd be able to surf again. And and they just said pretty much no, like you would never be able to <laughs> like have a normal life. And um, that was, that, that that's what, that, what I was saying about the biggest kick in the, kick in the guts. And, uh, but after the anger, like towards that person, I channeled the anger and um, set out that I will do everything that you told me that I could would never ever do. And uh,
2: looks well, like stubbornness I, really worked in your favour.
0: <laughs> so, so the first thing I had to do because I had a breathing machine and they told me that I'd need a breathing machine to go around with me wherever I went. And uh, so the first thing I had to do was teach myself how to breathe, and um, that was a pretty hard thing to try and push the uh, specialist because they'll like you, but you're not going to be able to breathe. And uh, so I, I tried to test them and I tested myself and fair enough. Um, that uh, They they cut my, they capped my tube. So there, w- there was no air going in and, and, and yep, I just felt like I was suffocating That and, and that was it. I had to turn it straight back on. And uh, that was the, the first go. And, but, I just had to pull myself together and then keep working on it. So it just would, we, we went from like zero seconds to five seconds to a minute to, to two minutes to then went to 40 minutes and then went to two hours. And then from two hours, it went to five days. And they took, then they told me if I could get to seven days that I, um, could, yeah, take the machine out and actually move upstairs to the spinal unit. So that was, um, that and then once I got to seven days and and that was it. I I did that. So that was the first sort of accomplishment, which sort of proved to myself that I can do what they've told me I can't. So yeah, I guess that was just yeah a push along the way. And um, yes, and and then so once I once I went home, we went I went to rehab obviously in Sydney, and and then yeah it, it just yeah it, each day rolled into one there, and then being able to go home which was amazing and see all my friends and yeah and then life just sort of came like I got back into life I guess where just sort of everyone was around so you just wanted to party and then uh, I guess the partying just went from from when I went home to actually the night I met Kate so
1: um
0: (laughs) eight years later only eight (laughs) years later but uh
1: we always joke. Barney was twenty when he had his accident. We say that when he had the accident, he stayed twenty for eight years. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was moving away to go to see yeah. their lives as well. So then it would be the next lot of
0: next generation. Next generation comes through the next drink, one <laughs> of, of young drinkers. So I sort of,
2: you were just like, like Peter Pan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, the coolest thing is that, you know, even up to this point, it's still already one of the most inspiring stories of just persistence and your complete belief in your ability to do what people say that you can't do. And most people, I think, after both of what you've gone through, would just give up and, you know, drink themselves into a self-congratulatory stupor because you, you totally have already faced more adversity than most people, but... The best stuff came after that. That's what's so cool about you two is how much has come since then, like the highest highlights that you would never have thought possible back then. So tell us about everything from the night that you met. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much. I sort of – when I was, you know, thinking about how to structure this, I was like, I don't even (laughs) know how to – there's too many highlights. There's just so much to cover. I think it really – everything changed the moment that we met. It,
1: it gave us this new hope that we both never knew was possible. And from the moment that I met Barney, like I was able to see someone who had been through something that was not even his fault, but yet he still lived with a smile on his face every single day and he still could see the light and he still knew, he didn't know how and he didn't know when, he just knew that he just still kept that that goal in the back of his mind that I will walk again. That I, And it was that conviction when he said it to me that really made me go, okay, well, if he's able to see this, despite what the doctors say what science says what society says like if he can do that then like I can definitely act happier (laughs) I can (laughs) make a choice to try for better that's exactly what ended up happening it was the moment that we met and started to open up and talk about our goals and our struggles and what we wanted out of life and even as much of like what do we think our purpose is it opened up the door to the life that we're living today and that was the first step in making it happen it's crazy to think what would have happened if we never met
2: it's (laughs) I love yeah. that Barney says, it just captures both of you, your whole essence of giving things a go and being sure that you can do it and pull through all adversity. When he said that <laughs> that the first time he went in for a kiss, I think the way you put it, Barney, was, um, you know, you just got to have a crack. Well, I was yeah. like, yep, you do just have to have a crack. That is what you have to do. <laughs> and you, Barney, you really threw Cater in the deep end on the first date. Like, <laughs> I remember Cater, you were saying it was so endearing. You know, a lot of people probably assume that you guys met before the accident and yeah. I l- love hearing how angry that makes you because you're like what uh, why would you assume that but then of course yeah. in reality the first time you did go on a date there would have been a few things that you never had to come across before like how to move Barney onto the bed and in the first date Barney was like ah uh, you gotta push me up the hill we're not taking a taxi <laughs> 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 yeah,
1: I'm like so how are we getting home and we lived the house was literally five minutes away I'm like how are we getting home I'm like, Cat, are we going to catch a yeah, taxi? taxi I was like, no, we're walking and you're going to push me up the hill. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and that's so cool. I love it. you guys just don't yeah. make it a big deal about it. You know, it's just like, this is new, but yeah. we're both just going to adapt and, you know, make an amazing life out of it and also make it really fun and funny I laughed so much in that that chapter that was about that first date where you were both just like "Hmm, what is going on this is all new but we'll figure it out
1: yeah because it was so many it was so fun too because it was the first time that I'd really ever set goals as well and stuck to them (laughs) as well (laughs) and whereas Barney had always been had that mentality but then Since his accident, for eight years, he hadn't had that opportunity to really... Like, he hadn't really had that drive again to push yourself further than what was right in front of you. And our goal was to be able to literally go on a date by ourselves or go somewhere by ourselves because in order to... Because I couldn't move him by myself. So we always had to have an extra person to help transfer or... Yeah, and so it was... We're like, well, if we want to do these things then we're going to have to figure out how to do it on our own and so it was just trial and error there was a lot of me dropping him <laughs> there
2: was wedgies. a lot of wedges and <laughs> me just
1: dragging him by the pants and yanking him across but it also showed Barney what he could actually do as well because it forced him into trying to be able to find strength in himself to lift himself take him a- take more of the load on himself so because he didn't want to hurt me so he was terrified of hurting me and me putting myself out yeah it pushed him a little bit further and that kind of became our life really we're like well what else can you do what yeah. else can we do yes. together yes. and it's just led to the next thing to the next thing.
2: (laughs) So what were those next things? You guys have since pushed each other to incredible heights, like in Barney's rehab and in your career, Kater. Like it was Barney who sparked the revival of your music. Is that right?
1: Yes, it was. I had no real – I never really had admitted to anyone that I wanted to be a singer. I deep down knew that I wanted to, but it was kind of one of those ideas that I felt was so – far from reality that I kind of just ignored it. It was one of those things I'm like, oh, yeah, like that's in the dream box. (laughs) (laughs) It will always stay in the dream box. And it wasn't until meeting Barney that I realised that the dream box is literally there to then create it and it's a possibility to be able to actually live those dreams and seeing him literally defy science and defy everything that they say is impossible to watch him drive to something like as big as learning to walk again, especially after being injured for 10 years. It took two years for us to find a place in California where he was able to come and do spinal rehabilitation and it was unlike anything that we'd ever seen before. But to see him go for it, despite being told that if you don't get anything back after two years, you never will. I was like, well, if he can do that, then I can definitely try and thing. <laughs> yeah. So I started doing some open mic nights and it led to a record deal, which was just absolutely life-changing. And it's just amazing that how we're able to just draw off each other for inspiration whenever we need it, because when one's down the other one's up and just from us living our life as true to ourselves as possible it just really
2: brings out the best in each other (laughs) great so Barney tell us about your rehab and the places that you found it seems like you've had some incredible people come and make changes that you never thought were possible
0: definitely so yeah we we, um saying it took yeah, it's a couple of years to sort of research everything and uh, and, and we locked in. There's a place over here called Project Walk, which we went to. And um, yeah, so when we got here, it was just like the, the first thing that really got me excited and really flicked something in my brain that, that this is happening is I was speaking with uh, one of the, the ladies about the whole program and what I'll be doing and stuff. And she said, so you do, you'll be doing three hours a day for four days a week, and uh, you you'll be doing Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday, because you're working so hard, your nervous system needs a break, and because it's both physically and mentally draining, and then you'll train the other two days, to hear someone say that you'll need to give your nervous system a break, I've sort of like if that was something that really lit in me to hear like I don't know, it was to it just flicked a bulb and it got me so excited just to know that this training that I'll be doing will be exciting my nervous system, which is what I need to do. And and so after hearing her say that and we and then we came over the following year, I think it was. Or yeah, yeah. and then we booked in for three months and being in this the center that it was, everyone was at different levels and um like those people first starting like with no movement people who are walking people who are taking their first steps everyone fed off each other's um progress and and motivation which was amazing and and i got here and being the guy that just saying oh i'm gonna walk like blah 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 (laughs) which is my stubbornness again and um (laughs) and yeah and i had my first trainer it was like so what do you want to do like i said oh well i'm here to walk and he goes okay so you're ten years post. You're actually the longest person that, like, after their accident, that's actually come here before. So wow. let's just uh, let's just start with some smaller goals. And I'm like, oh. no. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I'm like, no, go <laughs> <laughs> <I'm like, "No." laughs> <laughs> like, so big. And then, um, and then he we start. So we start, So I'm like, okay. So we started setting little goals, and I just started smashing them one after another, and and it really opened. Um, his eyes up and, uh, so he's like, okay, well, so he just kept sort of pushing me in that direction and, and my body just started waking up. Like, firstly, I was, I was starting to do like, yeah, bridges yeah. where he, like he, hip, he, hip, yeah, raises. like he, hip raises. So, full like Olivia Newton John, I think. <laughs>
2: Jane Fonda. <laughs> yeah, that's Jane, right Jane
0: Fonda. Sorry. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so yeah. So yeah. Uh, so so my glutes started firing, and and so lifting my butt off the actual table, and he's like far out, like it kind of really surprised him, and um
1: and us yeah, as well. And us. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're yeah. Like,
0: I was what? It's like what? Like, yeah, well, my body, like yeah, like and then um, and then so we just kept going, but then it got to the three months, and we're like, no, we can't go home now, like so. And then we, we ended up having to go home and then we we're like, okay, well, we're definitely booking in for another three months next year. So we booked in for three months again. And that time, the like in the nine months that I was home, because I wasn't doing anything, I'd regressed a lot again. So I had to sort of re-wake the body up. But then as it started to get to, the hip raises were happening and, and then bits and pieces more and more were happening. and and it, and, then, and then it got to the point again after the three months and we we're like, okay, we have to take a serious look at this, and
1: no, it was that end of that three oh, months, was too. the very last yeah, day,
0: last day he
1: stood for the first time.
0: My legs, <gasps> out and, and then
1: we're like, oh. and we're going home tonight, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: oh. that's right. So, I um, I, I, I locked my legs out, and as I looked in the mirror, like this was the most weirdest and biggest kind of mind fuck I guess you could say um by by seeing myself standing in the mirror and it was just playing with me like it was like is it me is it not me and then next thing I heard (laughs) in the background Kate's bawling her eyes out and and I'm like oh stop stop I'm I'm gonna like lose it but yeah and then my legs would just give out after like a like a short amount of time and um but yeah, so that was it and then we had to come home and then that was like when we were like, okay, we need to make a promise to each other, we uh, we have to stick to, so we ended up doing six months on, six months off. So
1: We ended up going back actually a few months, we ended up getting a visa oh, that's and right. going back for another six or eight weeks later that year a to bit, figure it all out. Yeah. yeah.
2: Oh my gosh, I've got goosebumps. I, I already know that that happened and I still got goosebumps again. Yes, that <laughs> and that's it. just the beginning. Tell us about the pathway to the wedding and all the highlights of you guys are the perfect example of how much and even both of you from before you met and before the accident, how much we all take for granted in our bodies and in what our bodies can do and that it was so such a mindfuck and so impactful for you to just be able to stand up again just makes we really all need to be so grateful for the things that we have and, and take a leaf out of you your guys' book in how positive and persistent and patient you remain with your goals because there's still you've achieved so much since then and you're still convinced there's more to go and I, I love that about you guys you are seriously two of the most inspiring people I've ever met and um I can't wait for the next <laughs> bit of the story because it's my favorite <laughs> um well
1: we actually I'd wa- just watched the royal wedding for Kate and William <laughs> yeah. and I became obsessed with the idea of planning our wedding uh-huh. and <laughs>
2: before you were and, engaged right
1: yep before <laughs> I were engaged, and I just kept dropping hints because I was like of course I know he's going to marry me But like when?
2: Well, you're (laughs) a catch babe. You're a total catch.
1: (laughs) And so I kept dropping hints of like, let's go ring shopping. Let's go do this. Like when I look (laughs) back, I cringe at the idea of how like psychotic I was. Uh (laughs) It was a, we'd been together for five years and I had found this ring that I loved. And it was a yellow diamond and I did all, I did all the research for him. He didn't even have to do anything except for just literally order it. <laughs> and he was like just being a typical boy and pretending. Well, it turned out he was pretending, but to me I was like, he's being an asshole. He's like totally ignoring me. He doesn't want to marry me. <laughs> Deleting. Delete,
0: was, I was, sending was emails he was and, and send- texts and I was deleting them. And, <laughs> like, <she> was, <laughs> Brutal.
1: Yeah. And um, he ended up going behind my back and ordering it without me knowing.
0: Now, what was the funny thing was so uh, she'd spoken to the actual lady already of this who had this yellow diamond that could put it in a, a, whatever set she wants. So she wrote to the lady, but then the lady wrote back saying that the actual stone was going to Las Vegas for a stone show and um, for a show, for a, yeah. sorry for a diamond show. And uh, so anyway, on the Monday, Kate looked online and, and it said sold. And she's like, are you kidding me?
1: It's sold in Vegas. This is all your fault. Blah, blah. Oh my God. Like, yeah. So dramatic. Psycho. And, um,
0: and I'm like, well, it was obviously not meant to be like, and she's like, that was the only one that I've ever seen that's so good, blah, blah, blah.
2: In the like, whole okay, world. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. oh so,
0: and, and so, that's yeah.
2: what's important, right? Yeah, totally. That's yeah. what it, this has all taught you is. But
0: yeah. <laughs> so mean, meanwhile, I got her.
2: Meanwhile, it
1: was him. But I was like, oh, no, because actually it said um reserved first. Oh, yeah. And I was like, we'll just tell him we, we'll take it right now. And Bunny's like, Bunny ended up having to be like, we are not ready for this. And I was like, I was devastated and no. cried.
0: <laughs>
1: and meanwhile, it was him all along just trying oh. to bring yeah. the sand. I
0: emailed the lady pretty much like the week before and and said, yeah, I, I, I want it and told her the situation that Kate's a psycho. And no, no, I didn't say that. But uh, no, I just, I just said, yeah, my wife's been speaking to you, but I'm doing this in secret. So so yeah, so I ordered it and then got it sent to um one of our friends who like who ran Project Warf, <laughs> GG. So yeah, so Kate had no idea and it sat in that safe for for three months and and then that was when yeah the the sort of the night popped up like the
1: yeah. So I got asked to sing the U.S. national anthem at the San Diego Padres game, which is their baseball team, in front of. 25 plus thousand people it was pretty crazy actually just how it even came about they Project Walk were holding a fundraiser for Spinal Awareness Month at the actual stadium and so they had partnered with the Padres and so when I got told that that's when Barney obviously planned it out that that was the night that he was going to propose. That is
2: so cool I love that you know you have come from not even saying that you had that you even wanted to have a singing career to oh hello I'm an Australian singing the US national anthem to a crowd of like 25,000 people.
1: <laughs> I know it's still so funny. I had to, I had 3 months to practice it and I was singing it every single day for multiple times because it's a really hard song. Yeah, and you well.
2: sang without backing or anything.
1: Yeah, and so, and they also told me I had to do it within one minute and 15 seconds exactly. Yeah. Uh- so,
2: <laughs> so it was my
1: neighbors would have thought that I was very patriotic <laughs> and um yeah so when the night came along I sang the song was just having the best night of my life and came back up to where the event was being held which o- it was up the top which overlooked the whole stadium and we're standing there all of our, we'd invited all of our friends to come so it was like already the best night ever and then I get told that someone needed to talk to me so I walked away there was this massive big camera like in my face <laughs> and I, I was like that's a bit weird but kind of just didn't think about it and I thought it was just they were just getting stuff for the event and the next thing Gigi who had been holding my ring in the safe for Barney came up to us and said came up to me and said oh Barney needs you and I was like what do you mean and she's like oh I don't know like quick just come like Barney needs you right now And so I said goodbye to the people that I was talking to and I came around the corner to see here I heard a song playing and then I heard, saw everyone just like staring at me and there was this red carpet with rose petals all over it and at the end of it there was Barney kneeling down with a ring in his hand. The craziest part of the whole thing and the most incredible part was that when we first started talking about our future together, before I started getting like psycho (laughs) I bunny had said to me that he was not going to propose to me until he could kneel and I was constantly like okay well when are we going to practice this (laughs) like (laughs) and because I was at all of his sessions he never had a moment to practice so this was literally he had to wing it (laughs) and knowing that was one of his goals that meant so much to him and seeing him actually achieve it that was the biggest thing that made my heart just so happy in that moment to go oh my god he did it and then I actually had to tell everyone not to post anything
2: (laughs) you had to call your mom
1: I hadn't told anyone so my family didn't know his family didn't know (laughs) no one except for the people that helped
2: that day
0: which was two people. Which two people.
2: <laughs> Such a romantic, Barney. <laughs> oh my gosh! And then the next goal was the wedding. Yes. So just after we all the
1: excitement, we sat down and had a talk about when we'd like to get married. And Barney said that he didn't again didn't want to get married until he could share our first dance
0: yeah, I wanted, and, stand, yeah I, I wanted to stand, yeah I said to go I understand the altar stand and, at
1: the altar and, and share our first yes. dance, which turned out to be our first dance ever,
0: <laughs> yeah, so yes, right. but uh yeah, so I just so how long did we have? we had three, three years. years, so three years i I was like, okay,, shit. and the one thing that really pushed me was because because we just started filming the documentary, I think yeah, and um, And I, and I told the filmmakers, so this is what I want to do. And they're like, okay, that, that's awesome. And I'm like, shit, what have I done? Like, what have I got to do it? Like, (laughs) you're going to get a movie. And I said, well, that's, but that, that was one thing that I'd learned in this journey is that when you put it out there and, and actually tell people and you'll do everything in your power to achieve whatever that was to that
1: accountability. Yeah,
0: accountability. And, um, so. Yeah, the hard work started. I was just at it for the three years. We were doing six months here and then I was six months at home. But
1: I think the massive thing shifted for Barney in his therapy was the moment that we learnt to stand together, which was just after that, after we got engaged. And once I learnt how to stand him, that's how we started transferring. And so I was able to transfer him from the car, from the bed, from anywhere really being able to stand him up and twist him around and that literally changed our whole lives because from that moment we became a hundred percent independent as a couple it was something as simple as even being able to go down the beach because before we'd always have to rely on someone else to go for a walk on the beach with the dogs
2: I remember you saying you you were just so relieved to be able to drop the third wheel, even wow. though the carers were lovely. You were like, "Um, wow. we're a you know newly engaged couple." Yeah,
1: and so it was amazing that just something as simple as being able to go, oh, "Do you want to go down the beach?" Yeah, let's do it and get up and go. It was just totally life changing.
0: Yeah, and the more and more I stood, the more and more my legs got stronger, and and that was
1: so he's body never regressed like it was before because he was able to we would just stand for however long he could stand for and in the early days it was not very long at all it was,
2: it was a quick stand it was quick
1: but <laughs> <laughs> we just do lots of quick stands and it was just really amazing to be able to look up into his eyes from that angle as well from never being knowing to be able to do that before and
0: i guess the same looking yeah down looking down for me too, which was pretty cool The Cater's eyes.
2: Yeah, well, so many people have said, like, wow, Barney's really tall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even in, you know, in the wedding, when you were yeah. standing up the front and then, like, standing next to all the people who had been in the documentary the whole way through and we hadn't seen you stand, we were like, yeah. oh, my God, he's so tall. <laughs> yeah. And then um, so with the
1: wedding, so then we started – Planning it all out, Bunny just kept training, and we themed the wedding "Pure Imagination" from Willy Wonka, our favorite movie. More so, Barney's than mine, but oh,
0: love it—the original the, one. The soundtrack yeah. got to be the
1: <laughs> soundtrack is my favorite. Ah, oh, love it. And we decided to do our first dance to "Pure Imagination." So that song is like a five and a half, nearly six-minute song, and so the goal up until then he'd never been able to stand for that amount of time and he was but he was getting there and then six months before the wedding he ended up in emergency yes. with a bladder stone the size of a golf ball and, and a, chron- a chronic, chronic kidney, kidney infection, infection. <sighs> like
0: I'd been fighting something and um, like I knew something was going on and then I got some antibiotics actually and and I'm allergic to penicillin, and, and oh. they thought that the penicillin, which was a different one in this one, was going to be okay. But the pen, I had a, a massive allergic reaction to this type of penicillin as well. Oh, baby! Um, so, yeah. So I started going downhill, and it was like at the time of we were having meetings with people for um, – for the documentary so I'd actually driven to Sydney with myself, Kate and the two filmmakers and then yeah and then it just went downhill and we got home and we'd had to change over driving because Kate had to take over just because I wasn't feeling well and we got home and there was this and, and I rolled under the bed and because I couldn't I just I just yeah I could I could only I couldn't even have stand stood and um there was this massive lump in the side of my uh, right-hand side and I'm like oh shit that's not good so Ugh. we were rushed to emergency and then they had a look and 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 my blood pressure was going like ridiculously like crazy high and then crazy low like it got up to uh, at one point it got up to 240 over 170 which was oh my gosh I was supposed to having a stroke and um and then, go super super low and then they didn't know what was going on and um until they sort of um yeah they
1: couldn't give him they, anything because we could because it was yeah, going from one extreme yeah, the blood to the pressure next was,
0: yeah up and then down and then so i had to um you had yeah, to
1: pretty much breathe yeah it. i had to
0: learn how to breathe through which was a pretty good feat in itself was learning how to control your blood pressure through breath and uh but yeah but this this thing was something really scary like it um to have my my blood pressure which was going crazy and then this infection which they said like was so chronic because the bladder stone was actually blocking my urinary tract so oh, the gosh. it was backing up into my kidney and I had all like stale and like old urine in my um in my kidney which was like just festering and and it was gnarly and um
2: <laughs> so gnarly
0: <laughs> so yeah so it was like so I had to end up yeah, in that week I went through two surgeries to because the stone was so big, it could, they couldn't break it down in the first one, so I had to have two surgeries, and then I, like went home after that, and then yeah, things just sort of weren't the same, I guess, and um, my body was sort of not reacting to anything, like I, I sort of don't know, got in a bit of a sort of a I don't, yeah, just a sort of really bummed stage, and um, felt like I'd let not only myself down but also let Kate down and about the wedding coming up and and the chance that I wouldn't be able to stand again and and then we yeah and I guess we were lucky enough to we were we were living with good friends of ours who had just bought our house and we were waiting for our house to get built so we were living with them and they had three young kids and it's if you ever want to be picked up and just see what the world's like kids and dogs are the most amazing (laughs) things so so having the kids mm-hmm. around and uh, just seeing what they were like and just seeing that they just their view
1: on life, yeah, their
0: view on life. They just do what they yeah do. Like so, they really sort of brought me out of this, and and uh, so I um, watched a lot of uh, what's it called, My Little Pony, and uh,
1: <laughs> sometimes <'cause> I- <laughs> actually because he had he'd had the TV going, the, the girls would come in and put the put My Little Pony on our TV in the, in the bedroom and then they would leave but they would move the remote, the remote so then Barney would just be sitting there. And just
2: have to hours. watch it.
1: <laughs>
2: With my little phony just, just going, going around, on and around, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> That's one of the reasons why this is called Seize the Yay is because yay just brings me back to that childlike sense of wonder. Like yeah. we get so bogged down in the seriousness of life and become increasingly anxious and worried. But when you look at a child and you see they're just so innocent and and full of wonder wonder about everything it just and animals do the same I think like we've got a golden retriever and when I have quite bad anxiety and whenever I have a panic attack he just comes and knows they just they bring you back to sort of the basics that just remind you to strip it back
1: yeah we're so grateful for them and they're like our adopted children yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah that's so lovely. So what about you guys, do you have plans for children? It was one of my favorite parts of the book. It's so funny how you guys can be so serious and inspiring and and focused, but then there's so much humor that's injected through the whole movie and the book. Everyone, I can't believe we've already done an hour here. Like it's I feel like we've just scraped the surface. So you have to go and read the book and watch the doco. But the funniest part at the end is when you say about how all the perverts who had been wondering through the whole book whether you guys can still have sexy time like very glad to hear that it still is all working yes (laughs) same (laughs) so do you have what are your plans for for a family yeah what what's next for you guys
1: Um, Yeah, definitely. We will be having kids. Not quite yet, but it's definitely now getting closer and closer into the time of talking about it more seriously. I used to always say around 27 and then now I'm
2: 28 (laughs) and now I'm like, oh, maybe 30. (laughs) I'm the same. I I used to think I'd have like a a house with no mortgage and like three kids by now, but I'm like, oh no, no, not even close. Uh,
1: and it's so good because I think I'm literally the last one or a, there's a few of us left that haven't got kids but the majority of us, majority of, of our friends are all parents now. And so it's so fun. I just play with all their kids and kind of just learn what to do and what not to do. And But then yeah. you can give them back afterwards.
2: <laughs> yeah. And all well, of them, I get to do all the fun stuff with them. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so yeah. – What do you guys do? I mean, you've had so many instances of things come your way that have thrown you on your ass completely, or literally, Barney, and that you've had to get through and and find your yay again. So, you talked a lot about positive thinking. And what is, you know, I know, Barney, you did some kinesiology and you're both quite spiritual, but you've also revamped your food and your exercise and the power of friends. You've had amazing friends through this whole thing. And, what are the ways that you find your yay? And Barney, I, I know you've gone back to surfing, which I'm sure is a massive, massive thing for your well being. So, tell us about yeah. all that. Yeah,
0: so sur, yeah, surfing was always my life, and then after had my accident, I actually didn't even really go in the water or anything for probably five years, and until I didn't know, like, I guess I was slightly scared, or or like I didn't know what I wanted to do. I guess guess in the beginning it was like I don't want to surf unless I'm standing up and then uh, yeah it just got I was like okay I'm just going to do it and so yeah we ended up um making up a board and then getting out there and just experimenting and and just getting a lot of people that were going to be around like around and or near me if I fall off and yeah, I guess it's just progressed from then. And then now it's just like once I'm on the wave, I'm solo. And, and if I fall off, I fall off or I've got a pointy vest. So if I get smashed, I'll eventually come back up. And I, I, I realized, like, why did it take me so long to get back in there? And just enjoying, I guess that is definitely seizing my yay. And just because you could be having the most shittest day, you can go out and catch one good wave or whatever. And... uh your whole day, your whole perspective, your whole everything will just be turned upside down. And um, it's definitely been my lifesaver as well because when I'm actually surfing, like one of my trainers, they said that surfing's actually saved me because, well, mentally for one, but also when I'm surfing, I'm actually lying down up on my elbows, which actually puts me in the total opposite position that I am if I was sitting in a chair, so it's stretching oh. out all my hip flexors and, uh, and like, obliques and abs and, and everything. So it's putting everything in the total opposite, which helps me because that's the the main thing that I fight a lot of the time when I stand is hip flexors are really tight or, or something like that. So, yeah, it, it just – it saved – yeah, it, it definitely saved me. And, um, yeah, I, I love it. And, and now
2: it's just – And now he's a world champion surfer. (laughs) I was going to say, you don't do things halfway, do you? It's one thing to get back in the water, but Barney has taken home a gold medal and had um, Mick Fanning dedicate his 2013 championship speech dedicated to you.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty special. Like, that was definitely... I had no idea that he'd even done it until someone, like literally probably three weeks later, they wrote to me and just said... Oh, he just checked this video out, and I'm like, <laughs> "What is it?" And it's mixed speech. And then, and when he did that, I was just like, "Far out!" I rang him straight away, and I said, "Like, are you, are you serious? Like, <laughs> mate, you just made me cry." Yeah. And uh, yeah, but yeah, it was that's definitely so special to to see that I had um, yeah, an af- effect on him that year, and. And yeah, but he's he's helped me in so many both ways. Both of us. Yeah, both of us. It's
1: we were actually only talking about this a few days ago, that when we start looking back on the timeline of everything, from everyone that we've met to just where we are, it all stems back to him. Yeah, and it's he literally was the changing point in both of our lives to take on this new life to like he was the first person to when Barney said to him I I've, I really want to give this a go I really want to walk again and I I'm ready to try now it was because of Mick that he led um, him to his trainer at the time Jan which then led to Project Walk which then led to um, another lady named Marta who opened our eyes up to spirituality and quantum physics and the power of energy and It just all just kind of snowballed and it was as each, as we became more and more open, the next person would come along into our lives Of that whole mentality that when the student is ready, the teacher will come. And it's just, it's so amazing seeing that it all leads back to him. (laughs) <laughs> and for that, we will be forever grateful for him. He's such an incredible human and we're just so grateful to have him in our lives. And yeah,
2: I think what you can see from, so if you haven't seen it yet, um, Mick features in the documentary quite a lot and you can see that you are obviously eternally grateful to him, but he seems to have learned the same amount back from you guys. Like he's so inspired by the whole story and, and being around you two has had a positive effect on his life too. So I think it's funny how you attract into your life what you need and yeah. you guys are such a great example of the fact that you have a real-time experiment of like before positive possibility thinking and then meeting each other and having all these wake the F up moments and then yeah. since you've opened your minds to endless possibility those things have all just come into you. You're living your dream box. Like, what? It, I don't even know if there's anything left in there because you both have just continued to, yeah. to, to smash uh, your goals. and.
0: Yeah, we, yeah <laughs> yes. we just keep going. Like, we just sort of, we just got to, yeah, I'm just going to continue the training. Like, it's sort of, I'm training at a totally new facility now. Like, about five years ago, actually, Project Walk went under. And uh, so, a few of the training that I was training with, they've started their own center. So, I actually, train out of there now it's called strides and josh who's my main trainer he is just yeah phenomenal like he's, he's an extension yeah, of
1: his body yeah he and,
0: is and he just not like and watching what these guys are doing to like changing people's lives like seeing people stand for the first time again and it's like got the real sort of original soul is what um pretty walk originally had and um and, and yeah so these Josh and Jason have, um, yeah, nailed it. So I've just continued doing this, and he, Josh, is just so excited about where my whole, where I'm at right now with my standing and with my assisted walking, and just we're we're just working on finer things now, like my stand, like I like standings. I wouldn't say it's kind of easy, but it's like
2: <laughs> relatively, yeah,
0: yeah, relatively. But it's like now we're pinpointing like going up onto the toes like just like like finding littler muscles now and uh, and just just working on just me being able to take that solo step and that's what Is exciting and that's what's definitely going to be in the near future.
2: It's so amazing. And you've had, I think it was at Stripe. Has Nick, is that where Nick came to visit? Yes. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That had such a huge impact on him for weeks and weeks. He was just absolutely blown away by just the facility and the fact that you'd started to have like neural responses in areas of your body that people had told you were dead forever. It's just yeah. extraordinary to think that so much is about mindset. Like I don't think people actually appreciate how much it's, choice it's they have. 90, 99%
1: is <laughs> and 90, yeah. yeah, it's – and the more and more we learn, the more and more we're learning that it literally is – more about his mind than anything because he could be standing there and all you could be doing is touching him with the tip of your pointer finger like you're not even doing anything but just literally touching him and but to him that is stability and that is um what's holding him up and so the moment you take his your finger away sometimes he's he, his body will just collapse
2: or and or, or just forward.
1: like fall and yeah, and so right then, we, that's when we knew that it's mental. It's because if we were to blindfold him, because there's been some, so many times that he's doing something and we're like, you're doing this, like, it's, no one else is doing this, it's you. And then as soon as he gets in his head, it will switch, the signal will switch <laughs> off again. And so it's like this cool, like, game of being like, okay, like, now, let's take a little bit more of the safety net away. Let's take a bit more of the safety net away. Just, it's all about reprogramming those initial thoughts now of what he believes he can do in this moment right now. Cause it's been for so long, it's been something that's so far in the distance, like that he's working towards that it's actually happening right now that he has to change that mindset to I am rather than it will happen. And it's been the most incredible thing to be a part of and witness because it's just showing what the human body is capable of. And the more and more we learn about the human body, the more I'm just amazed and so in awe of it. It's it's a miracle that our bodies work the way that it, it does. Yeah. And
2: I love that you guys are sharing your story so widely because not only is is it an inspiring and heart-wrenching but inspiring story? But also there's so much in that that anyone can take out and apply to anything, like the fact that your brain controls the the outcome, like whether you think you can or you can't, you can see visibly in Barney's body and in your experiences, you can see that play out. So even on a smaller scale, like in starting a business or, you know, it's the same thing. You can't think about – you can't go in and say – I'm going to walk like that's not you don't go straight to the big goal you just have to break it down and be a hundred percent committed to the smaller steps and then be patient and some you know you had three years for your wedding to most people that's like oh, i'm not going to do anything in three years that's too far away but you know there's just so many lessons about goal setting and mindset and manifestation and surrounding yourself yeah. with the right people and if you know all the experts in the world couldn't have done anything for you guys if Barney's head hadn't been in it and I'm sure there are people out there who are like why isn't why am I not getting the same response and it's because they're not they don't have Barney's stubbornness (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: it's it's like this winning formula of yeah you've got to have a bit of stubbornness a bit of self-belief a bit of love a bit of um connection (laughs) and it's and you just have to be open and I think that's been one of I believe is one of the reasons why we are where we are today is because we live our lives every day with an open heart to any possibility. And sometimes shit happens, and it sucks, and it get it can make you mad. It can make you feel like everything that you've done um, has been a waste. But then there's a moment where you have a choice of okay. That sucks, but what is the lesson for me in this? Is there something better out there for me? And we've noticed in every, when from writing the book and seeing our life written right there in front of us, from where we were to where we are now, every single moment has had a valid reason of happening because it's taught us the most invaluable lessons that have helped us grow as people. And whether it feels like that in the in the moment or not it's it's all about your perspective of how you decide to look at it and because we choose to live and choose the better vibration for ourselves and the better the better outcome and look for the solution rather than the problem the outcome is so much like greater because it's just a matter of how we choose to see it
2: yeah so true so with the Doco and the book. The last couple of years has been obviously so focused around sharing your message and and hitting those goals and rehab and your career. And I think a really big part of seizing your yay is taking time off it as well. So finding you know time activities you can do together or even just separately as well that you just do for fun. That's not connected to the goal. That's not connected to progress. That's not connected to any purpose other than joy and I think that's another thing we all lose sight of. So do you guys have any time outside of all this that is downtime? Do you do puzzles or board games? You know, is there anything that you do to sort of unwind from it all? Yes.
1: This year actually has been very focused on that for us. For the last five, six years at least, it's been very full on and very um, goal-driven and focused on, all those things that you are saying with the book, the film, and our wedding, we were building our house. It was like so many things all at once. And my music, it was so many things all at once that I ended up with chronic fatigue from it. <laughs> and a year ago, I was in this state of like I would wake up in the morning and I would be like, I'm exhausted. And I re- it was from that I realised how important it was to have those, that downtime and to be doing the things that were more fun and that life's not about constantly just doing things to get a solution like if you're not living then what's the point yeah and so this year has been really focused on just living and just kind of taking day by day as it comes and we've been Amazing. really fortunate that even with launching the book we've been able to select when we've gone and done talks and I think because we've kind of just taken a back step, like our health, Barney's body, everything is kind of excelled even more and our relationship is stronger than it ever has been because we've actually had this time to just nurture ourselves, what we love and, um, just spend time with the dogs. We, <laughs> we lost our 11 year old bulldog at the beginning of this year and, oh. and it was, The most heartbreaking thing that we've both ever been through it. And it took, like, even still, there's like only a couple of days ago we were crying again about it. And he was a massive part of our lives. And especially for Barney, um, he came in a time when he lost his last dog who had been there through his whole accident and everything. So he never really had a moment to process that because then he had this other dog to focus. then losing him this year has um, totally changed our lives but also taught us about just being present and when we started to think about his life and how he lived it, it was like he doesn't want anything but just to be loved and to love you and to, yeah, just live in the present moment and so that's been something that we've been really um, conscious of is just being present. And then a few months ago, we got a new puppy. <laughs> um, oh, yay. Another little bulldog puppy. And she's just brought so much joy back into our lives and just kind of really healed our hearts. In some ways, like we've been busy, but at the same time, I feel like this has been the easiest year, like chill-wise. <laughs> so we've had time to
2: catch up on tv shows and yeah. binge oh and- good you absolutely yeah. deserve it <laughs> yeah. so just to finish up i'd usually ask our guests three interesting things about them that don't normally come up in conversation so uh, most people you know, get interviewed quite a lot, but it's often a lot of the same questions. So are there anything, you don't have to do three each, but, or if you have them, then of course, love dishing up the dirt. Are there anything like tattoos or, you know, I think one for Kata uh, might be, so I'm actually adopted from Korea. I was born there when I was, and came here when I was six months. And I know your father, your stepfather adopted you. Yes. So are there any other yeah. little quirks like that? Um, I think
1: I'm more of a nerd than people would ever expect me to be.
2: <laughs> like,
1: but it's been a thing that's gradually happened over time. I was a terrible student. Um, I was, yeah, I didn't really love school that much. I hated maths and science. I thought at the time that I would never, ever need to apply it in my real life. And <laughs> turns out it's the solution to everything.
2: <laughs> yeah. and
1: so I have just I'm obsessed with learning about biology, about the human body, about space, <laughs> so many things. Which just my teenage self would literally cringe at who I am, <laughs> but I'm so proud of it. <laughs> yeah, it's that's probably one of my <laughs> little.
0: That's little awesome. Very. <laughs> Very
2: true,
0: yeah, I guess. Uh, one my, my first one. I have a penny collection.
2: <laughs> a pony collection?
0: <laughs> no, sorry, a penny collection.
2: Oh, I was like, from My Little Pony. Did it get through ah, to
0: you? <laughs> yeah, got me, got me good. Got every single
2: one. there. Yeah, oh,
0: yeah that's no, cool. yeah, so, yeah. So I've uh, yeah, started as a young kid, and then just like, yeah, just sort of got pennies <laughs> ranging from I don't know. I could. <laughs> 1800s so Bunny's to, a bit of a
2: nerd too. Yeah, I guess,
0: guess
2: i a sort <laughs> of oh, I love it. Um, I, we, I mean, Nick and I are exactly the same.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> actually,
1: one for Bunny. Bunny cannot see a dog, like a stray dog down the street without stopping to see where it comes from.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: He's like a dog whisperer. So is Nick. Very connected <laughs> yeah. to them. But I'm pretty Aww. sure, actually, this is a fun fact, Okay. Even to the point that I like, I swear you are a dog in your past life or something. Because <laughs> when he when we got his stones that his kidney stones analyzed, it came back that it was ammonium phosphate,
0: Ma- ammonium magnesium. Phosphate.
1: Yeah, I ama- yeah, ammonium magnesium phosphate, which is mostly found in cats and dogs.
2: <gasps> Not- wow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> with, so it was funny like, we actually asked our vet for advice on it i'm like how do you what do you usually do when a dog has it and he's like just change the nutrition we have a specific tr- nutritional
2: thing and so <laughs> that's when we found our nutritional
1: biochemist <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: oh my but, god yeah. so you really are like yeah dog whisperer
0: <laughs> and yeah and it, yeah it definitely if i'm if you're having a conversation with me in the street or something and i see a dog Sorry, I'm gonna, you're gonna lose me and I'm (laughs) gonna go over to that dog and say hi. We'll just watch it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Exactly the same. I, I'm i always in the middle of a D&M with Nick or telling him, you know, something really important about my feelings. And then we've got uh-huh. a, a golden retriever called Paul. And, like, I'm the third wheel. Always. Like, uh-huh. in, in the bed, I'm the third wheel. Like, there's, I can never get his attention when that dog's around. <laughs> so our last question is, since I love motivational quotes, I actually haven't gotten them out as much as I usually do. But I would love to hear if you guys have a favorite motivational quote. Like, my favorite is, Doubt kills more dreams than failure ever will because I think, mm-hmm. and that's why I love you guys so much because if you'd let doubt kill your dream before you even tried, failure wouldn't have stopped you obviously because it hasn't so far, but doubt might have. And I think it's the most yeah. dangerous but natural human self-tendency. And
1: Do you guys have any? I like um, nothing is truly lost, just change. Oh, that's um, brilliant. Which, yeah, and it helped me a lot actually um, after losing our dog. And I, when um, Barney got sick, I was getting, I was going through major panic attacks. After that, the for about the next year and a half, leading from it, and it, it was, I had this extreme fear of him, of losing him, and then all of a sudden, it switched to myself that I had this complete fear of dying, and it literally took. Our dog dying for me to learn that lesson of that nothing is ever truly lost, just changed. And it's brought me so much comfort. And now I know that I can see, yeah, everything, everything's just an evolution that's just ever evolving. And um, yeah, we're in, just in this continuum.
2: It's very peaceful. Yeah. Um, I
0: have two. I've got two, maybe. That's all right.
2: Gift that keeps on giving.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've got a real, like, this one, like, is, I think it's by Bruce Lipton, and it says, if you find yourself on a vicious cycle, for goodness sake, stop peddling.
2: Oh, amazing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, I've got, yeah, I've got one that's sort of the one I live by and sort of tell people it's uh, don't let anyone's opinion, whether it, professional or personal let you change the thing you want to get out of life
2: yeah that's so good I love motivational quotes they're so like yeah yeah just a sharp succinct way to remind yourself of life's biggest lessons yes oh well thank you so much guys I've taken up so much more of your time than I meant to but your story is just so incredible so much to Gain from you so many pearls of wisdom and just such strength and resilience and positivity. You guys are like beams of sunshine shining through my computer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank Perfect. you. You too. Thank you for what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. This, this is, is amazing.
0: We love, we love this podcast.
2: Oh, you guys are the best. Well, we'll have to catch up in person at some time soon. Please. We'll- Well, I mentioned we might be coming to visit you, so um, I will share links to your book and the doco for everyone in the show notes, and yeah, I hope everyone is seizing their yay. Gosh, there really aren't many words left for these two, are there? I've heard the story so many times, but it still gets me right in the heart every single time and just reminds me what true resilience, strength, and love really is. How can you not feel empowered and inspired about the impact of positive thinking and self-belief when you hear from these two? I can't recommend more highly that you read their book and watch the doco. It's so different to actually be able to see the progress in Barney's movement and watch the kneeling at the proposal and then standing at the altar and dancing at the wedding, but you will absolutely need some tissues on hand because it's a big tearjerker. but heart-wrenching and mind-opening and so, so inspiring. So links will be in the show notes along with Mick Fanning's moving speech that he dedicated to Barney and a couple of other tidbits about the two of them and their journey. And of course, if you haven't subscribed yet, please do so that you can get episodes as soon as they come out. And if you like this episode, I would love it if you could take a screenshot now, do it while we're talking and share the story and share the link so that more and more people can hear about what these two are doing and more and more people can seize the yay. I have loved seeing them come through so far and thank you all so much for the incredibly kind words and... And all the reviews and all the feedback and suggestions, I can't wait for the lineup that we have coming in the next few weeks. I hope you love Barney and Kata as much as we do, and that they have helped you in some way seize your yay.